0: On Wednesday, the 8th of November, Optus was down for most of the business day. It impacted millions of people and hundreds of thousands of business customers. People are outraged and justifiably so, but does Optus owe anything? Yes and no. Curious? This is Cybersecurity Uncensored. Welcome to Cybersecurity Uncensored. I'm Logan. Welcome to the channel. Glad to have you. So this past week, Optus was down. And depending on who you were and where you were, it was either down for quite a few hours or most of the day. I think for some people it was 12 hours or more. Now, I woke up first thing Wednesday morning, checked my phone, and I seen the SOS. First thing that comes to mind is perhaps I've been a victim of a simjacking attack where a cyber criminal has taken my phone number and ported it over. So Once I actually managed to connect to the Wi-Fi and check the news, my Wi-Fi is not on Optus, I saw that it was down nationally. So little relief. So throughout the day, we heard nonstop coverage about Optus being down. Everybody was outraged. And I think the more that we talked to other people, the more outraged we became. Now, another video I talk about, you know, the cybersecurity impact of this and cyber criminals seeking to capitalize on it. That's not what this video is all about. Most people seem to feel that they're owed some form of compensation. And look, I do not disagree with that in any way, shape or form. It inconvenienced a lot of us. But does everybody get compensation? Or does only some get compensation? I think it depends on who you are. So let's look at it in context. Most people don't have a home phone anymore. We've all just got mobile phones. And for Probably about 40% of the population in Australia, that happens to be Optus. But let's just also factor in that a lot of people also have Optus for their home broadband connection, and they use it for their businesses and a variety of other things. So a lot of people were completely and utterly dead in the water. Not only did they not have mobile service, they didn't even have Wi-Fi service. And then the scramble was on to try to get connected. And it caused a lot of stress and anxiety for a lot of people and a lot of businesses alike. There were some businesses that couldn't even open because they had no way to transact. So after the dust kind of settled a little bit, still still don't think it's completely settled, people started screaming bloody murder, demanding compensation, and putting all these arbitrary numbers on how much they should be owed. But really, does anybody deserve anything from Optus? I think they do, but not everybody. Now, interestingly enough, when I say not everybody, I'm not meaning that nobody should get compensation if you don't meet certain criteria. Sure, they've offered up some free data, but I actually thought that they were going to do that anyway as kind of a show of loyalty, kind of like a free data day where you got 200 gigs to use in any way, shape or form. I'm not really sure if it was a day or what have you, but it kind of makes it a bit of a hollow compensation. The CEO has delivered differing views on things. But I think her stance has been mainly that people aren't really going to get compensation. And she said it effectively amounts to less than $2 a day. Now, this is the first problem I have. The $2 a day is really only just what you pay for connectivity. What matters most is what you do with that connectivity. And I think that's the sticking point. She's missed the point, the fact that, yeah, we all pay a certain amount for this data, but it's what we do with the data because it's the businesses and our very lives that hang off the back end of this that make it worth a lot more than just two dollars a day and in my view 200 gigabytes worth of data it's not really going to be much compensation at all there's a lot of people out there myself included that just don't use all of the data in their package but we have the most basic package there is and i found that a lot of telcos optus included tend to be quite generous with the amount of data that you get within a package so if you're not constantly hooking up to your your, your mobile pa- plan, you're quite often hooked to Wi-Fi either at work or at home. So you don't always use the mobile data. Maybe you've got a package. I don't know different situations. So who should get and who shouldn't get? Now this is where I'm probably going to poke the hornet's nest a little bit, and that's fine. Just remember that this video is my opinion only. So let's just say that somebody couldn't look at Facebook or couldn't go to Instagram or stuff like that. They feel that they should get some compensation. I probably disagree beyond other than the most basic token thing that Opus has to offer. If they're offering you know, free data or maybe a bit of a discount on your bill, fine. But I don't think you should get anything above and beyond that. Because how do you quantify your time? How much is your time worth? And if you're on Facebook or if you're on Instagram, you're on Twitter and these sort of things, it's an inconvenience. You probably shouldn't get much in exchange for that. Even influencers. Now, if you make your living as an influencer and you need the connectivity, I understand that. But can you quantify how much money you make? Do you have receipts and bank statements and all these other sort of things? For example, if you make 10 posts a day and you earn $1,000 a post, then you probably could demonstrate that you've lost business for that particular day, especially if you're a brand ambassador or something like that. But if you're just using your phone to order a pizza or something like that, well, you know, Too bad, so sad. There has been different stories in the news about how people were out of pocket because they missed flights and all these other sort of things. Again, I really don't think that you're due compensation for this sort of thing. It's probably because we've become so reliant on our technology that we don't know how to cope without it. We don't have backup plans. Now, fair enough, you don't have a home phone that you could pick up to be able to call a taxi or something like that, but certainly you should be able to find free Wi-Fi nearby and at least try to get on to ordering an Uber, calling a taxi, or doing something like that, even if you can touch base with a friend or a family member, or even just walk down to the corner store and see, you know, can I use your phone to call a taxi or something like that. So I don't really think cases like that are really do much in terms of compensation. Now, in terms of businesses that are owed compensation, these are people that make their very living based off that internet connectivity. So maybe you couldn't order an Uber. Okay, fine. Too bad but the Uber driver themselves are reliant upon their connectivity in order to be able to do their job. So effectively, if an Uber driver or Diddy driver or any other type of rideshare driver can demonstrate that they've lost X amount of dollars, sure, I think that they're owed compensation. If you've got a small business, like say a barbershop or a cafe or a convenience store, something like that, and your FPOS runs completely on Optus and you're down and you can't transact, it's a little bit murkier in this part of case, because a lot of businesses, especially in the post-pandemic world, have gone completely and utterly cashless. Now, shouts out to all of you business owners out there that still accept cash payments. Brilliant. I want to take a little bit of a diversion here for a second. I want to throw a little bit of shade on the banks, the ones that have been closing branches all over the country and making you have to travel hours in order to be able to go and do a transaction at a bank, especially if it requires cash. Stop it, Okay. I think that this most recent event has probably demonstrated that cash is king. I know that's an expression that's been around a long time, but businesses need to be able to transact. And in the absence of having internet connectivity in order to be able to transact, they should be able to take cash. So part of that cashless society thing t- does tend to lie with the banks themselves. Um, I've been in some situations where I went into a bank to try to get some foreign currency, You know, fairly common foreign currency too, and they weren't able to help me out because they just didn't carry that kind of cash. Okay, fine. I've also walked into different banks where I wanted to deposit cash and I just got directed to the ATM. Well, if your ATM network is based off of, say, Optus or something like that, your Optus broadband and your ATM is a road, well, that doesn't really help me much. I still like the idea of being able to go to a teller and being able to get money out or put money in. Then again, I'd wonder how well the systems would work if their internet connectivity was down and then they couldn't process my transaction. I think that this particular event has really highlighted a lot of weaknesses in the system and a lot of opportunities for improvement. So a lot of businesses have gone away from handling cash, okay? I understand that in the post-pandemic world, and that's completely your decision, but just understand that you need to have some sort of contingency plan when the internet is down. Now, I've got a few suggestions on this sort of thing, but I'll get to them in a moment. So if you're a business that lost business as a result of Optus being out, if you can quantify your losses, you know, if you transacted so much money per day and you've got a history of making so much money over time, I think you've got a solid case for compensation. And I do think that Optus should pony up. If you can't quantify your losses and it just amounted to nothing more than an inconvenience, well, too bad. You're just basically going to have to take whatever Optus gives you. And at this point in time, it's not looking like we're going to get a whole heck of a lot. Okay, so what can we do in a situation like this? Because we know it's going to happen again. And then Telstra, Vodafone, don't get too smug because this could happen to you guys too. And I think it probably has happened. Maybe not at the scale of what happened to Optus, but it can happen. So for Telstra and Vodafone, don't get too smug. And Optus, I think you've learned your lesson in this particular case. Now, while you're still sorting out what exactly had happened, it's some deep network fault, which I don't think everybody necessarily believes it is what it is. What I think we need to do collectively is have some sort of a backup plan. And a backup plan, yes, it's probably going to involve a bit of inconvenience and a bit of money, but how important is that connectivity to you? You can always look at getting a prepaid SIM that you can stick into your phone in the case that it's just dead in the water. I know that costs a little bit of money to keep that charged up, but just think about it. If you lose $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 because you can't transact, And it comes down to just connectivity. Perhaps you can look at getting a SIM, a prepaid SIM, or even a SIM with another provider on the most basic plan, just enough to get you over the line and keep you connected. However, if you're using a phone with an eSIM in it that doesn't use a SIM card, it's a little bit of a different challenge. Now, I'm not really sure if you can still put a SIM card into these devices or if there's some sort of competition. I'll let the more technical people sort that part out. But that's just one option is keeping a spare SIM card around. So what happens if you've got broadband connections through, say, somebody like Optus and you can't connect? Well, that's a little bit of a different matter. I certainly don't expect people to go out and get themselves a second broadband connection. That's a lot of money and a lot of expense and overhead configuration things you do not need. So perhaps you could look at something like getting, say, a 4G or a 5G modem, like a 5G modem that you can put a SIM card into to at least get you connected to some network to keep you transacting. This is probably helpful for small businesses and these sort of things, particularly if you use some sort of wireless connection or wired connection. So I'm just trying to come up with options here. And while we're talking about small businesses, uh, I'd almost emphasize have an option to be able to take cash. I mean, I know a lot will take cash, but only if it's the correct change only. If there's some way that you can have at least a float in a safe somewhere that you've got readily accessible, that you can bring it out and you can start making change on the day for your customers, that's probably a good thing because at least it'll keep you in business because a lot of places don't have the change. It's probably a small thing to keep afloat in. Yeah, it's, maybe it's an investment of a hundred bucks, a couple of hundred bucks worth of change or something like that. And of course, you'll limit, you don't start breaking you know, $100 notes or anything like that. But just have some sort of a backup plan. And as for people that lose their connectivity at home and if it's really not that important, maybe take up a new hobby. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, You just have to kind of ask yourself, how important is it? If it is important, then make some sort of a backup plan. Like I read one story about somebody that had to drive five or six hours. And because they didn't have Google Maps, they thought they were going to be completely and utterly lost. That's where the old school technique of learning how to navigate road signs comes in handy. And I don't know, are paper maps even still a thing? I mean, I've got an old copy from 2016 or something like that sitting in the back of the car. But I actually do have a copy of paper maps that I know I can rely on just in case. Uh, And you also need to know how to orient them because you don't want to start driving south when you actually should be going north. So I guess there's going to be a lot of debate over this in the next couple of weeks and months and how much Optus is going to owe because I think Optus is scrambling right now, trying to figure out exactly what happened. And then, of course, who to blame. Now, we collectively as the public Are still incredibly outraged and angered and incensed and all these other types of terms for just being plain old simple pissed off but there is some onus on us in order to be able to have a backup plan see in business we generally have what's called a disaster recovery or business continuity plan and the whole idea is to be able to kind of pick back up when something happens and keep going particularly the business continuity side of things so the last thing you want to do is, is lose like a day's business or anything like that because of someone else's fault some of it is our responsibility and a lot of it is also going to be the responsibility of the telco who's made promises to us to deliver services that are reliable and robust and secure and all these other sort of things so i think some of the key takeaways from this particular video are going to be have a backup plan uh, whether that's having another form of connectivity like a spare sim card or say like a 4g 5g modem or something like that so you can stay at least connected Uh, that you can stay open, perhaps making sure that you have some cash on hand so you can at least transact. Uh, So if you really need to run down to the shops to get uh, a liter of milk and a loaf of bread and a few other essentials, that you can still do that. Because I know places like Woolworths and Coles and Aldi and that, they still take cash. A lot of smaller stores don't, so they might want to revisit that type of thing. And as for the banks that I've called out previously, you know, just Start to think about your customers in situations like this and handling a little bit of cash is probably still quite important. And uh, look, guys, at the end of it, this kind of stuff is going to happen. Just be prepared to deal with it. I mean, we are always kind of banging on about bushfire preparedness and flood preparedness and all these other sort of things being ready for a disaster. Uh, Losing internet connectivity never used to be very high on the chart, but you got to consider that the last 30 years, the world has simply just not existed without the internet in it. And we're more and more reliant on it. And so I would urge you to have some sort of a backup plan, even if it's a copy of paper maps in in the glove box in your car, that sort of thing. Uh, And uh, I'd be remiss not to mention the cybersecurity angle. Just realize that there are cyber criminals out there seeking to capitalize on this. They're going to sell you malicious links, text messages, hit you up on social media, all these sort of things to try to manipulate you into Uh, staying angry. And then when you're angry, you make irrational decisions. And then eventually you might end up the victim of cybercrime if you believe that you're owed some compensation and you end up surrendering your data. So the video is getting a little bit long, but guys, just try to have a bit of a backup plan. Just realize that this stuff is going to happen. And just kind of, if you're owed some money, try to quantify your losses. Because if you can actually articulate with uh, with some receipts and some entries in a book, and demonstrably show that you have in fact lost money, then they have probably got some recourse to try to get some compensation. And good luck to everybody that's trying to get some compensation. I wish you all the best. So folks, stay safe out there and we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching.